Welcome to the Gotham Sports Report Podcast on 89.1 FM WNYU. Here are your hosts, Jack Dweck, Joe Kurtz, and Morris Zarif. Hello and welcome to Gotham Sports Report. I'm Jack H. Dweck along with Joe Kurtz and Mars Zadif. Happy Expansion Day, the official start for the newest professional sports franchise in the United States, the Seattle Kraken. So I wanted to get into hockey and what's been going on with the Islanders in this offseason. This really kicked off this week, but it all has to do with it's all surrounded by this expansion draft. Um, there was a really a shock um, that reverberated around the hockey world when the Islanders decided to leave Jordan and really one of their top goal scorers unprotected, leaving him to be taken by the Seattle Kraken. It was really a no-brainer for the Kraken to take a player who's generally affordable and could score goals, has experience, but still young. For the Islanders to leave a guy like that open and unprotected, sure, it gives them cap space, but there's a lot of question marks that they could ask now, right? Like, guys, who do you think that they could really target? Because now they have the cap space to do it. There's five and a half million off the books, but there's a lot of other contracts off the books. What could they do with this cap space? See, it's a good question, Jack, because you know how much we value cap space especially in our favorite sport, hockey. Um, just looking at the guys all around, there's, you know, Parise from the Wild, Palmieri, Landeskog, who's a top free agent um, from Colorado. He's been an all-star. These are the type of guys that the Islanders can now target with this given cap space, um, especially since of the couple of guys that they got rid of to clear up extra room for their team. It's interesting because especially the draft is this week. Um, and Lou Lamarillo is not the type of guy that trades away picks, that goes all in on cap space, and looks like he's going to go all in on free agency. He's not that type of GM. He's win- He's won championships in the past by making savvy moves, sort of like the LaShawn Marks finding diamonds in the roughs, drafting players. Uh, this isn't his style, but he knows that the Islanders – they're not a young team. Their, their stars are young, sure. Uh, like Matt Barzell's young, but the team as a whole is not young. Th- this window is closing. They, they had two years. It's sort of like the Jets in, in 2010, 2011. Or sorry, 2009, 2010. They made it to two championship games, but what does that do for you? You have to get past that hump. And to do that, you need a star. You need that guy who's who's going to score goals. You have Matt Barzell who makes plays, but if there's no one to score when he makes that play, right? If, if he's giving a perfect pass to Bovillian, Bovillian mix, misses an open net, it doesn't do anything for the Islanders. If they could get Landeskog, who's a center who could score, who's physical in front of the net, sure, he'll cost you $8 million. Last week, before they made these two trades, before they traded Ladd and Letty, they couldn't afford this. They couldn't afford to think about signing a player for eight or $11 million. And there's Tarasenko who they could trade for. There's so many options that they opened up this week. And sure, you lost a guy like Everly. Sure, you lost a veteran presence in Letty. But at the end of the day, 
I always say cap space doesn't guarantee you anything. It doesn't guarantee you a win. Doesn't guarantee you a good player, but it guarantees you options where you could decide who you want on your team. And that's what you want for Lula Marilla, who's won GM of the year the last two years in a row. You want to give him options. How much longer would you say their window is right now? I'd say their window is two years. Two years. So that puts a ton of pressure on them, especially this upcoming season. Me being the hockey aficionado that I am and understanding everything about the cap space and the situation, they really have to try to find guys pennies on the dollar like like in most sports, obviously. And they have to figure out – who are the – Jack, you have to tell me. Who are the smaller guys that they could sign for um, – for, uh, get better for the buck? So there's – I think that they could go in both directions, though. I think that – they need multiple guys since they lost three guys in the past week, two to trade and one to the expansion draft. They have the space to sign one star and two minor guys. That's what I think that like they get a Parise who they get him for pennies on the dollar because the wild let him go. They didn't want to pay his contract. They could get him for less than a million dollars, the veteran minimum. They could get Brian Suda for veteran minimum. These are guys that, you know, could give you minutes night in and night out. They're one year rental. Sure but they could help you in this one-year window or two-year window. That's what we're focused on. For the Islanders, you're not thinking about the long-term future of this team. You're thinking about he the right now. He traded that away this week. He traded picks to get rid of salary cap. So you can't ha- you can't think about the future. You have to think about right now. I don't know why the Islanders are reminding me of like the 2019 Yankees where you saw that they were missing one or two pieces and their window is closing. They go out and get that stars. Is that a fair comparison right now? Yeah, and it's it's exactly like the Yankees were missing. Everybody was like, the Yankees are missing one thing, and that one thing will get them over the hump. Obviously, they were wrong, but they thought that that one guy, Garrett Cole, would be able to put them over the hump. They said, the pitching's the problem. Let's get Garrett Cole. And for the Islanders, it's scoring goals is the problem. They have the best defense in the league, best goaltending in the league. Their one problem is their scoring. So if they can get an elite scorer like Tarasenko, if they trade for him, just as an example, that instantly puts them over the top. I think. So that's their only problem right now is that they can't score goals. All right. So another team with other issues that we kind of looked past, right? This whole season for the Mets moving on to them, but really the whole season we've been able to ignore a lot of the issues with this team just because of them outperforming the expectations with injuries. But at some point you have to realize injuries are part of the season. You can't keep saying that they're outplaying their expectations because at some point the expectations have to adjust. We always talk about this. We talked about this with the giants. We talked about this with the Knicks expectations adjust. Even though the Mets have played more players this year than on like a, a normal NFL roster, they've played 54 different players this year, and we're basically at the mid-half point of the season. They've played 54 different players, right? So baseball's a 40-man roster. They've had 14 additional players play for them. It doesn't matter. Injuries are the norm for that. You can't go into Pittsburgh. You have what was it, eight games against them, seven games against them, 
you can't lose a series there. You can't go to Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, which is a gift to start off the second half, and split the road trip. Especially the way that they split it, because if you remember the last game in Pittsburgh, they were down six. The other games were very close the entire way through. They, I think they won by one one game. It wasn't like that they were blowing out the worst team. Like The way I saw it is that they were being outplayed by Pittsburgh. And that's a problem when you're playing against a last-place team in a division that you thought would be sellers, especially after Acuna goes down. But no, they're all pretending to be buyers or at least claiming that they are. You need to gather. You need to gain on your lead, and the best way to do that is play against the worst teams in the league, especially Pittsburgh. When you when you have a gift of playing seven straight games against the worst team in the league, you have to win at least five of them, especially if you're a first place team. And Joe, they've had, they've had a complete three sixty, not even a one eighty, three sixty, of where this team was in in May versus where this team now is right now in may the pitching was the only thing that really stayed somewhat healthy they had the grom stroman taiwan walker the pitching staff was reliable the bullpen was reliable they just couldn't hit now it's the opposite in their last 10 games they've scored six and a half runs per game they went from 3.91 in the first half to now six and a half runs a game and yet they're playing at the same clip that just means that the pitching has gone down so much. And sure, you can talk about the injuries of Jacob Dugran. You can talk about the lack of depth that they have. They've gone through every single pitcher in the organization that they could literally bring up to the majors. But one, who's stepping up? Who's stepping up? Edwin Diaz took a step down. He's looking like the Edwin Diaz that, came, that first came to the Mets. Last year, for the first three months of the season, he looked amazing. He looked like back to where he was with the Seattle Mariners. We thought he solved all of his problems. The last three games, last three, four games, it's blown up for him. At the worst possible time. I can't really blame the bullpen. As much as they've underperformed, they're quite taxed. And like we keep mentioning, there's no depth on, on the roster, but they're quite taxed at this moment. So... I can't really blame the bullpen for their misuse. That's one. Two, the guy, the hitters on the Mets, the guys that are coming up, they all got to perform like their jobs on the line. And I'm going to parallel that to the Yankees. You see guys like Greg Allen, who's performing like his job's on the line. Like you might not get another job. They got to perform better. And three, Tyron Walker, what are you doing? I was, that's just mentally, we're, you're, not, you're mentally not in the game. In basketball, they're not. He's not playing to the whistle. He's just playing. That was just mentally. That was a mental. Fuck. That was J.R. Smith was, level. It was J.R. Smith level. Since since you got into that Tylen Walker play, I'm okay with him swiping it out of bounds because that's like a type of thing you see in the video games, literally. But the the thing that concerned me the most was the fact that no one went to get the ball. They completely just let another run score for absolutely zero. He said he said after the game that basically that he thought that the ball went out of play, which is not an excuse. Don't get me That's wrong. Not, okay, but, but what about your third baseman or your catcher? They're also – Even it if was you David, think the ball goes out of play, you're supposed to pick it up. Like right when the ball goes out of play, you pick it up so that it doesn't go back in. So it's not an excuse. No, it's like – it's a David Cohn fart, if you guys know what I'm talking about, with 1995. It's the Mets being the Mets. 
Listen, I don't think that that's – the inning was the problem. Giving up six runs to have one of their top two starters come in and give up six runs and not last inning, that was that was really detrimental to this team because then in the next game, Robert Stock got injured, and now they have two games where they have to rely on the bullpen in a row after an extra inning game. So, yeah, they got, a, they got a great game from Stroman tonight where they only had Familia pitch one inning. But this bullpen is still being overused, like you said, Mars. And with the DeGrom injury, and hopefully we get Carrasco back with, with all of these injuries and not having depth, now we're seeing the effect from two months ago where Luis Roas had to put these guys out there for three nights in a row to pitch. We're seeing these effects two months later. I can only imagine what they're going to be like in three months. And now we have the Phillies clawing back. These teams, they, they're still in it. They're going to be buying at the deadline too. So we're going to have to who. I don't know where the Mets are going to target. I don't think that they should target a guy like Chris Bryant. I really don't. I don't think that they that they need a third baseman. They, if they give J.D. Davis time when he's healthy, he could hit and he could hit for home runs. They'll be fine hitting. I really think that they'll be fine hitting. They need they need pitching. Them. I completely agree. I completely agree. I don't think that they should go out and get a hitter. I really think they need another starting pitcher. You could go out. I'm not even saying go out and get Barrios, who's one of the top pitchers on the line you're going to have to give up a little for. You could get someone like Kyle Gibson, who's an underrated all-star this year, and he won't cost that much. You could get there's, – there's pitchers on the market right now that are on deals that have one or two years left. You could get them for a low price. You don't need that ace because you already have that. You don't need that second pitcher because you already have that. You need that third or four who's going to be consistently there, who's going to be there for that five-game series in the playoffs to help you pitch game four or something like that. That's what you need, and that's what this team has to go out and get. Oh, they got. In my opinion, they got to get Barrios. Barrios is easily the best pitcher on the market, and he will eat innings. Him and Kyle Gibson, both both guys are innings eaters, but they they got to get a starter. It's not – they shouldn't get a guy like Chris Bryan. They shouldn't get – I've even been he- hearing rumors that they're trying to go for an- another shortstop like Trevor Story possibly. It's not worth it. Go they got to get pitching. How could you go for another shortstop when you sign a guy? A two-month a two month rental like Story? It's yeah, like, well, it's not, out. I heard – I heard it. It's crazy. It has no merit. But when you look at the roster and they're starting to hit now because they're healthy. And we always said that this team this year, right, unlike the teams of the past, the Mets of 2015, this team was designed to hit. And the question mark was the pitching. We're seeing those question marks. Maybe it'll be better when Carrasco comes back. Hopefully they're going to give the ground time to get healthy. I don't know. I don't think he's going to. Realistically, he's been injured five times this year already. You, you can't rely on him coming back. You have to. You have to plan. How many days are there till trade deadline? Ten days? You have to nine, plan nine. like he's not. You have to plan like he's not going to be healthy. So if it means getting a guy like Burials, fine. But you have to plan as if you're playing for the playoffs. Who is that pitcher going to be? Do you want an innings eater or do you want a player that could actually run out there and pitch in the playoffs? And that's the question. How about, so, how about the bullpen? Do they do they address a need there? Because I don't think they have to. I, I really think the guys the are really been solid. 
yeah, they've been solid, but as of late, they've been awful. When when Lugo and Diaz come into the game, the other team rejoices. I bet the over, and I, I bet the money line on the other team. The game's over. That's the way they're pitching right now. I just I think you have to you have to call that an aberration. You have to trust these guys. They, they, it's not they like produce for three months. Them. You trust them. That's what I think. I I agree on that part, but like it's not like you have a bunch of other names out there. May isn't really that good. Castro's okay. Who else do they have? I'm not calling for them to get the star closer. I'm calling for them to maybe pick up another reliever. And maybe they could. I'm not opposed to it. I just think that when it comes to it, their biggest priority is a starter. Yeah, I, okay, I, I think that's fair. And I agree. They can Should use all the help they can get. But I want to move on to the Yankees. Um, this We talked about it last week and gave them our grades. The Yankees have hit rock bottom this year. Um, we talked as if they're already not making the playoffs. But, guys, they kind of showed some life this week. And we said that that's going to be the problem. We said, especially Mara said it, they're going to show some life and they're going to make you think that they have a chance just to let you down. That's the kind of season that this has been. That's the kind of game it was tonight. They make you think. Right, that they got it. They get it in the bag. They're gonna they're gonna play well for the next week. I think this is my prediction. See if you guys agree. They're gonna play well for the next week. Good enough so that they you could think about buying. Think about buying. Then let you down. Am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong, but I don't think the Yankees are capable of being sellers in the first place. So who would they have to sell, really, realistically? If they have people. Who do they have? I don't know. Uh, they don't have anyone. There's still you. You. When we I have think the, you're looking at. I, I think you're looking at it through the lens of like the Yankees and versus what Jack, they are expected to be. The Yankees are still an above 500 team. No, I agree. But they Jack, obviously have players that are worth trading for. Uh, that are worth trading for for other teams. No, when we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, we named their top people to sell was Aroldis Chapman. He's worth nothing now. Britain, he's not pitched well, and he's coming off an injury. Um, who else did we name? It was just Chad me. Green. Chad Green. I don't think – I mean, they could sell on him, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So let me ask you something. Dutch, but look, look, the Yankees are going to play well enough, and they – go, Jack. What's your question? If you can't sell, let's say no one's worth buying, right? No one's worth buying for other teams. No one wants Yankee players. Then you have to buy. You can't. You you have you so can't much say committed that. to this roster already, hundreds of millions of dollars. That you have to commit to what you have. You can't just do nothing. No, you either have to sell or you have to buy. When I say they you can't, can't sell, stand in the middle because then you're just a, an average team. Oh, but Jack, when I say they can't sell, I don't mean that they don't have like a physical person to trade away. I mean that compared to 2016 when they were able to trade away Aroldis Chapman for Glaber and. Or, uh, Andrew Miller for Clint Frazier and Carlos Beltran for Dylan Tate and Brian McCann and whoever, all those names where they had decent people that they were able to give off to another team to re- rebuild the farm system. I don't think they have that right now unless you trade away Aaron Judge, which is I don't see in a world where that happens right now. They have and I agree with you. And I agree with you. Up. And that's why they have to buy. I just don't yeah, think they're going to have to buy. You, you have to commit to the roster that you have. You either – you either commit or you strip down, or else you're going to be left with the same team for the next year 
or two years or three years. You have these guys signed. In 2016, you said they were able to do that year rebuild, really one off-season rebuild because they had all those expiring contracts that they could trade, get prospects, and then sign back or all this chatting in and use the pro. What they did was great in 2016, but this isn't that year. You either go all in on this team that you invested in, that they believed coming into the season had a chance to win the to win a championship, then to 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 just let go this offseason of all of what you had by not doing anything, to say that this team is enough for a third year after being average to go into next year with the same roster if they don't want to go over the luxury tax. Stupidity. Stupidity. They they cannot stay put. They cannot stay put. Either I they're gonna buy, but my question is, who do they go out to get? Do they go out and get a bat like Joey Betgallo? Do they get go out and get a starter possibly like Kyle Gibson or Jose Barrios? What do you I think, think they? I think this is because he doesn't fit positionally, but I think Whit Merrifield would be a great get for the Yankees. Just be a great get for every single team in baseball. Yeah, because he brings exactly what the Yankees don't have. Speed. He steals bases. He brings something to the base paths that the Yankees have been looking for for years. Not only that, Jack, he hasn't missed the game in three or four years. That's the most valuable part of what Right. Healthy. Hits for contact. Gets on base. But I don't even think he's available for the Yankees. I don't think they're considering him. I think yeah, because he probably I, doesn't fit within their analytics. No, but I think I think their analytics. He's available, and the pressure that they have is going to say that they're going to want a left-handed bat. But I don't think that Gallo is the answer for them because I don't want another guy who's just going to come in there and strike out ninety percent of the time and homer the other ten percent of the time. I don't need another. We don't need another Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, we already have Stanton in the lineup. What do you need another Gallo for? Gallo plays good defense, so that's that's a plus. But I don't want to trade for that right now. I don't think. He's helping them get over any single hump by being there. He'll help them hit 10 more homers on the end of the year total, but he's just going to be another guy that's going to strike out a bunch of times, and I don't want that in New York. It's the ultimate test. It's the ultimate test to see are the Yankees going to realize their faults? Right? It's like a wise man realizes their faults. You realize what, what you've been doing wrong. Obviously, something hasn't worked. Right, like Brian Cashman literally said, "We suck right now," in a press conference. So you're gonna double down on what you've done before. So you got balls if you're doing it, or you're gonna learn from your mistakes. You're gonna learn from a flawed roster because it is a flawed roster. You're gonna learn from it. But then, or really, you not? What could he do? I don't know what he could do, but if he, he's there's no one name answer to this dilemma that they have. There isn't a one-name answer, and that's his fault. He constructed the roster. Anyways, anyways, it's time for Fun Facts with Jack. I'm not going to give you a fancy sports fact. I'm going to give you a a historical lesson today. Is it a question or a lesson? It's not a a question. It's a lesson. Can you make it a question? It's a quick question. I'll ask a quick question. Yesterday, in addition to being my birthday, happy birthday to myself. Wow, happy birthday, Jack. Yeah, Mars. Thank you, thank you. Happy birthday, what a terrible friend. Nobody nobody tells me anything, Joe. No, you should know. 
you're supposed to be on top of things. It's your job to be on top of things. You're the guy who knows <laughs> what's stop, going stop on. Stop the parade around town now. It's his birthday. He's not supposed to post on Instagram and say happy birthday to me. It's my birthday. You should know. Exactly. So, yesterday, in addition to being my birthday, was a very big day in history. What happened on July 20th? I need a year or else I'm never. No, you're not going to get a year because the year gives it away. Uh, It was over 50 years ago. Jeff Bezos flew to the outer space. But he didn't really go into outer space, so. Over 50 years ago? You're close, Kurtz. Right, really? So the guys landed on the moon? The first man landed on the moon. Wow, was that even? I can't believe I. Neil Armstrong. July 20th, 1969. I'm honestly so impressed with myself. Seven years before, in 1962, Casey Stengel, the Mets' first manager, first manager, Joe, said, and I quote, the day a man walks on the moon, that's when the Mets will win the World Series. 1969, man first stepped onto the moon. The Mets were in Montreal. They took over the division. After that series, they went on to win the World Series in 1969 as the Miracle Mets right after, right after man landed on the moon. That is your fun fact for today. That's also Knicks won in 1969 and the Jets Rangers. won in 1969. And the Rangers. And the Rangers. And the Rangers. This is the last, the last real, I'd say, the last real New York sports Empire, 1969. That was New York's year. Like Tampa had these past two years. That was New York's year, 1969. 69, baby. Oh, yeah. And that is your fun fact with Jack. Everybody, have a great week. We will see you next week. A lot to talk about. Um, We break down much more in detail. We break down the trade deadline. Um, and what moves the Mets and the Yankees are going to make. We'll see you then. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Gotham Sports Report Podcast. Tune in every Sunday at 4.30 on WNYU or catch us on Spotify.